Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. All these Shopify stores look the same, and so does mine. Look, I've heard that one before. A lot of merchants struggle with restrictive themes that stifle your creativity and your vision and limit that unique brand experience that everybody wants to offer their customers. You want to stand out. Standing out is key. You don't want to lose potential customers because your store looks and feels just like everything else out there. That's a nightmare for any marketer. Enter Flex from Out of the Sandbox. That's the Shopify theme that breaks the mold. It's designed specifically for creative control. That gives you differentiation. With a proven track record of over a decade of experience in e-com design, Out of the Sandbox has so many successful Shopify themes under their belt. They're trusted by tens of thousands of Shopify entrepreneurs. And their Flex theme is compatible with Online Store 2.0. It's compatible with their Theme Updater Plus app and Vault Backups. It's regularly updated with premium features. That saves you money and time. And with Flex, you get multiple layout options. You can easily add custom CSS to it. You get 13 unique style variants. It is built for rapid deployment in a truly unique way. As the marketplace gets more competitive, can you afford to wait? It's time to stand out with Flex, so why not try Flex? They've got a 14-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you don't love it, you'll get your money back. Stand out for the crowd with Flex. Head to outofthesandbox.com to learn more, see the demo, and license your own copy today. That's outofthesandbox.com. Today, we're talking to the incredible Adama Nessel, the force of nature behind candy hackers. She's turned the tables by making gluten-free and dairy-free treats that aren't just good for you. They're the envy of every kid's party. Imagine that, your child's diet restrictions becoming the coolest thing at the birthday party. We'll dig into how Adama went from a tiny kitchen to a TikTok sensation and how she's even got a major UK chocolate factory bending their rules just to work with her. How did she do it? Well, you'll have to listen in, stick around and find out. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. And this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. Adama, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So you had uh, you had stumbled on me on YouTube, darn YouTube, social media, and you, you emailed me and you told me your story. Immediately, I was hooked. I said, this is incredible. I want to hear more about it. And let's just go ahead and do that live for the benefit of our listeners. And that that brought you here. But let's start with uh, Candy Hackers. What's going on there? What's the story behind starting Candy Hackers? So Candy Hackers started way back because I have two kids and they both struggle with dairy and gluten. And it was always and really tough when we went to the supermarket or the grocery store to get sweet treats. And um, there were tears at the free from aisle. Because if you look at a free from aisle, it's a really narrow selection, maybe like four or five major brands on there. Then you go to the mainstream aisle and there's, it's, you're spoiled for choice, all right? You, you're just spoiled for choice. And it, and it just made my kids feel like the chocolate industry had forgotten about them. And after years and years of this and going to parties where the birthday cake is dairy and gluten, you know, all the, the spread, all the treats, uh, you know, we have to bring our own bag full of, you know, 
the usual free from stuff. You know, they, there are tears and I just, it was just horrible to, to see them feeling left out. And, you know, I, I just, one day I, I just thought enough is enough. You know, we need to do something about this. <laughs> so um, I started to formulate recipes and um, it took a few years and um, it was it was really hard at first because I'm not a chocolatier. I'd had no intention of being a chocolatier. Um, you know, I'm not a great cook or anything. Um, I just wanted to solve for this problem. So I had to be self-taught, loads of YouTube videos <laughs> and uh, loads of mistakes, loads of awful uh, chocolate bars in the beginning. And then um, then after some time, we started to get the recipe down. And um, that's kind of how the backstory to how it started. So you have you have kids with dietary restrictions and well, what's it like having to say no to them or, you know, denying them on things that seem otherwise, you know, a normal part of a a child's life? Honestly, it it was really hard because I mean, full transparency, you know, we're a neurodivergent family. My kids are neurodivergent, so um we have a chip on our shoulder about that a bit, you know, because we weren't really in the mainstream of society in that way. So we had kind of layers of that, you know, being left out of the mainstream. So um, it was very hard for me to say no to them because I have layers that, layers of that, you know, in, in our in our backstory. Um, and it hurt because I just had enough of them being put to the side for whatever reason. You know, and that was the one thing I wanted to give them. I know it sounds stupid, like sweet treats, like, but I just wanted them to have something that they could have that wasn't just, you know, what everyone else was having, but I wanted to like almost go up a level so that it was something even better than, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but something that was even better than what was on the shelves. Uh, you know, traditionally, these things are, are substitutes, right? It's like, well, you can't have this, so we're going to substitute it with this that's like if you're lucky it's 80 percent is good right and so you said you know what i don't need that why can't we we start new why can't we make something better the advantage to you said you're not a chocolatier i'm guessing you didn't have a lot of experience here there is advantage in that when you don't know what you don't know sometimes it makes it easier to not talk yourself out of it so true like i sometimes wonder it's like if i had i'm you know, I'm here because in 2009, I said, I'm going to build an e-commerce platform with no knowledge of how insanely difficult that would be or what an absurd statement that was. And yet, you know, I failed at that, but that like kicked me off into, you know, my career here. And so there, there is some advantage there. I love the name Candy Hackers. Can, how did you come up with the name? We had a, a few options and we ran a poll on, I think it was Facebook or something. And, um, Candy Hackers just felt so right for us because my kids love like technology, you know, like they, they love gaming, coding, all that. So I just, we're not hackers <laughs> in that respect, but we wanted to hack candy. You know, we wanted to hack chocolate. So almost like kind of like not copying, but hacking um, the mainstream, you know, niche and bringing it to, to our community you know, and, and, and elevating them in that way. So I thought it was kind of cool <laughs> and edgy. And we have a pixel heart on our logo as well. So we got like a retro gamer kind of um, uh, feel to our branding. 
that retro style, that pixel style, that gaming culture stuff, it's great because it really, it works uh, for, you know, I'm 40, I grew up with NES, so it works on me just as well as it works on my six-year-old because of Pokemon. It's it's a wonderful art style and and really on trend and then kind of fits fits the audience and the brand and the idea and that ethos. I like Candy Hackers, just great. Thank you. And also a lot of the branding that's aimed at kids today, at least in the UK, I kind of, I feel like kids are in a different place nowadays. You know, it's almost cutesy, cartoony kind of, I don't know. I just feel like kids are cooler these days, you know. <laughs> I just wanted to do something completely different for kids. <laughs> they are. And when you take them seriously, it works. Like I watched this documentary called The Orange Years about Nickelodeon. And that was really, like what really powered them through the 90s was how they're like, we're going to get actual writers who are going to write real stories and real characters for kids TV. And that was just like a revolutionary breakthrough. Yeah, you know, that same concept here. Like you're like, look, you're you're a little person, but you're still, you know, with not a lot of life experience, but you're still a person and I'm going to take you seriously. Exactly. Yeah, spot on. So, speaking of our our little people, what are our dietary restrictions here? Gluten and dairy? Yeah, we started off actually with a lot more. We started off in 2019 trying to do everything sugar-free, soya-free, <laughs> gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free. We tried that and it just restricted our recipes and creativity too much. And um, also my message wasn't getting across, you know, and uh, it just didn't taste great. And the whole point was we wanted to make it fun and I had to really think about who we are serving so we we basically broadened out and got rid of all the other stuff and then just made it what we originally wanted to do, which was gluten-free and dairy-free. Um, but we're not like free from as in certified free from because it's really tough to do. So we are made without dairy and made without gluten in the ingredients. We have to say may contain, you know, on the on our labeling. But we, we have a gluten-free kitchen and everything. So um yeah, so it's gluten-free and dairy-free, which is hard to get in combination because a lot of the the coolest stuff I've seen on the market is either gluten-free or either dairy-free, but it, it's not together, you know. So so kids like mine are left out either way. It's more frustrating for them. So that really the struggle to find stuff is with trying to find stuff that A, is good. There's limited selection. What is available may will often be a subpar substitute and you're struggling to find stuff that meets these two major criteria, gluten-free and dairy-free. Exactly. That's the struggle. Okay. Yes. So I, I get the issue here and were I in the same position, of course, I, you know, I, I want to help my kids. I wouldn't know where to begin. Like, <laughs> what is the moment where you say, you know what, eh, I'm going to go make some candy bars. <laughs> yeah. If yeah, I, I, I'm kind of naive in that way, you know, so I guess I have an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I've always been quite naive about my goals and things I want to do. Like I just go for it and sort of figure it out as I, as I go along. Um, and I just have, I don't know. I, you know, what? I saw like a big vision for Candy Hat because it wasn't just chocolate. All right. Chocolate was one of our products. So I'm thinking more of the person and not the product, you know, so I want to solve for a lot of things. And sweet treats was just the thing that we struggled with the most, you know, was the sweet treats. Because, um, you know, the free-form industry is way better today, let's face it, than it was 10 years ago. Um, but uh, 
yeah, sweet treats is something we all love. We have a serious sweet tooth in our family. And um, so I have like a line of products I see on the horizon. And I just literally got started in my kitchen, uh, just doing some research, finding out what things we love that we can't have. And my kids really led the process. They told me what it was that they wanted. And then we just tried to hack around it. <laughs> and that's kind of how I started. The So what were their... How old were they when you started this and what was what was their wish list? Oh, so cool. We're looking about four years ago. So my daughter was about six years old when wow, cool, when we got started. And um the wish list was was really long and, and their flavor, what they wanted changed over time. But um the thing that really, really cracked it for us was when my daughter saw, you know, Oreo cookies that are gluten and dairy in it. I think it's got dairy in it, but anyway, definitely gluten. When she saw uh, some viral trend going online where there were these chocolate bars with broken up Oreo cookies on them and she really wanted it. And I, again, I hate saying no, you can't because you're different and you can't have what everybody else has, you know. (laughs) I said, you can't have that, babe. I'm really sorry. And she cried and cried her heart out. I mean, it just, she just cried so hard. And the poor kid's just like, look, I just want to put some Oreos on something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so hard, you know. So I said, look, babe, put your shoes on. Let's go. We're going to the supermarket. Let's go. So we went straight away to the supermarket and I went to the free from aisle. I said, what do you like? What? No, we went to the mainstream aisle first. I said, what do you like here? She said, I like this one. I like that one. I said, okay, let's go to the free from aisle. And we just put gluten-free ingredients inside our basket. I filled my my um, basket up and... um we went we went home we broke things up we experimented we spent hours literally just messing about <laughs> and although they were a bit you know crazy what we came up with those were the beginnings of the recipes you know the, the, that we have now so that's kind of uh yeah how, how it started the holidays are here zit don't get scared now first comes halloween then veterans day thanksgiving black friday Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, New Year's, and Great Scott, how will we ever keep up? Easy. Use Zipify Pages. Zipify Pages, it's a landing page builder created by the founder of a $180 million Shopify store. It has everything you need to launch your next promotion more quickly and for a lot more profit. With their library of proven templates, you could build a high-performing holiday funnel in just a few clicks from Black Friday to New Year's and everything in between. And because every template is tested first on their nine-figure Shopify store, you know they actually work. Plus, you can use Zipify pages to optimize your product pages, blog pages, and even your homepage, so your store's ready to convert more of that holiday traffic. So if you want to have your most profitable and stress-free holiday season ever, then go to zipify.com kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T to start your 14-day free trial today. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the holiday bonus. Yeah, Frankensteining together some ingredients from the store, you will make a delicious treat, but this doesn't get us to mass manufacturing a product. Like what what was the first thing you you successfully made? And then how did you go, you know what? We should make this at scale in a factory. We should try yeah. to sell this. How do you get there? It was kind of like we're forced into that position because 
when when I shared um, our story on TikTok, and it went viral. Um, I know for viral, it can be tens of millions of views for some people, but for us, it was almost a million views, like nine hundred and forty thousand views or something. And then we sold out everything, you know, on our website. Um, yeah, that that was basically what really pushed us to to find a factory was because I had to hand make all that <laughs> after that viral video, hand make all of it with it was so tough. Um, and it, I was the bottleneck, you know, I still am to this day, the bottleneck in the business because it, it's just my bare hands, you know, mixing and trying to do hundreds of bars myself and in my kitchen's tiny, you know, we live in a small London apartment and, um, I, I, it was just too much. It was just, it was just too much. And then it was also frustrating to see all the customers on our wait list waiting for chocolate bars emailing in really angry comments on TikTok, you know, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, it's a good problem to have, but the whole point is this to get rid of the problem, right? So it made me doubly frustrated because I'm like, on one hand, I'm trying to solve a problem and I created one <laughs> at the same time, you know, with my customers. Um, so then I started making, you know, sending out emails and making phone calls and, you know, pretty much nobody gets back to you because you're, you know, you're small time or whatever, you know, um, and you have to be doing some serious volume in order to have a battery work with you. Um, but then we did find one who actually produced millions of chocolate bars and work with major supermarkets across the UK. And when I spoke to them and I just, I just said, I just said it raw, right? I just laid it on the table and said, listen, <laughs> this is who we are. This is why we're doing this. Here's who we're trying to help. Can you help us so we can help our customers? Can we can we do this? And uh, yeah, at first they they were like, well, <laughs> you know, we need to do what was it how much was it six thousand bars per flavor minimum order? I was like, oh, you know, that's that's a lot, you know. And they said, let's see what we can do. We don't normally take anyone during Q4. This is our busiest time. You know, they don't even look up for anybody, you know, from the work that they're doing. So it was a back and forth. But then they spoke to the person who runs the factory and then they agreed to work with us and lower the MOQs right down, right down. And they said to me, we have never, ever, we've been in business for like decades. We've never, ever done this for anybody, ever. Um so yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, so yeah, why they do it? Was it? It was for you. It was they hurt. It was the story. They it was compelling. Or they're like, eh, you know what? Let's just you know flip a coin and she won. Like what? Why? <laughs> why change the system for you? I can only guess, you know. But I feel that they were really nice people, and um, and I I just think that they were kind of. I think they were intrigued by the traction we had on social media you know being a small um I don't know one woman show with a couple of kids in, in a flat in London um I think they were intrigued by that and also I think they felt um they wanted to support you know the mission that we have so I, that's what I'd like to think <laughs> but that is yeah I I believe it because they really have no need from what I've heard here they have no need to do this they made a choice yeah to support yeah. you and they only yeah. know 
you know, what do they really know? And they know that story. And yeah. so when you have a compelling story and you're willing to put yourself out there and share it, that this is the impact it has on people. Like wow. they're, they're bending over to help you. It, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. As, so you've mentioned several times the, the big inflection point here is is your TikTok moment. You went viral on social media, which a tough thing to engineer. And when it happens, it's magical. Tell us about it. What happened there? You know, it was, it's one of those moments, like I hope that this helps somebody who's listening to this right now. If you ever in this situation, let me share what happened. So I, I, I've been hustling on TikTok for years, you know, like nothing, you know, 100 views, <laughs> 200 views, you know, you know how it is. And then one night I was so tired and I think I was getting the kids ready for bed and I was like, I have to post on TikTok. I was like, oh, you know, I, I think I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to, and you know, you have those moments, you really, you know, it's not going to hurt you to not post on TikTok, right? But if something said, no, <laughs> sit down, open CapCut, let's go, let's edit a video. And then it just, I just edited, I just put it together. I sort of, it sort of flowed. You know, I did, you know, give it some thought, you know, it wasn't just random. I did give it some thought, like, what do I want to say? Who do I want to help? What's our story? How are we solving it? You know, I did give it some thought. So I'll be lying to say that it just came out because it didn't, you know, um, what's our hook? Because people are scrolling all the time. And I've had experience on TikTok, you know, where nobody's listening, you know. So I just laid it all out. <laughs> For the first time, really laid out our pain. And I'm, I focused on my daughter. And I just said, look, my daughter's dairy and gluten-free. We, we cry at the supermarket a lot. And I had lots of footage of my daughter that I had taken over the, you know, the years of her actually in real time struggling in the free from hour. So I, I edited all of it. I just put her in the videos and showed her real, <laughs> you know, her proper reactions. And, um, and then just showed up how we're trying to solve for it. And it blew me away because the, the messages were, look, I'm 30 years old, but I'm like your daughter. I have cried at the free from aisle. I know how she feels. You know, I, 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 and some people said they cried when they found us, you know, which blew me away because I didn't realize that the pain went so deep, even with the, with adults, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that. You almost didn't post. And instead you say, yeah. I'm going to share something real something, you know, authentic, raw, your, your kid's struggling in a supermarket and it touched people. It moved them. You're agitating the pain by demonstrating this real emotional thing in your life. And then you're saying, look, this is how we're trying to fix that. This is how we're trying to solve for that. And by this point you had, you had developed the product and it was available for sale, but you weren't using, you didn't have the factory yet. You're making it making it myself yeah like at that point I was doing the best we'd ever done was like an order or two orders a week literally like sometimes an order a month for years you know and I sometimes I wonder why am I even continuing with this you know why am I doing this like I just had this fight I just have this vision in me that something's gonna happen with this and like this kept me going over the years you know I don't have time I don't have time to start a brand, you know, a single parent, right? I homeschool my two kids, but I just kept on going. And um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I just. <laughs> and so it finally did. It happened. You know, you have this, this viral TikTok moment. 
and people are reaching out, they're sympathizing, they're empathizing. What impact does that have on the business? I think, first of all, it was like a shock um, to me because it I actually realized, oh, we have a business, you know, because for you know what I mean? Like when you're starting off, it's almost like you're a wannabe business, right? You know, yeah, and I mean that, yeah, I mean that respectfully to all of us out there who start in a business, you know, you do have to wear the business hat, get in the zone, but until you're making sales and you got traction going, you really are, you know, you're not really knowing that you have a business, right? Um, and then when it happened, I was like, I, I felt like, you know what, like I just started a, a business. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, initially, it's like it, it feels like a bit of role playing, right? You're yeah. adopting this role, but there isn't money coming in. There's money going out the door. And is it the whole point of the business that it becomes an income, right? That it supports you. But that, that doesn't happen on day zero, on day one. And in some cases, it will be years until the business is profitable. Like for us, I was like, all right, we got to, and it's like year two, we get to break even. And I'm like, I don't know about this, right? And then suddenly it takes off. And we all have those moments where you go like, oh, this is, there's something here. This is legit. Yeah. And for me, it was like the first time a stranger referred a, another stranger to me. It's like, oh, I, that means there's word of mouth happening, network effects. It, you had this tremendous moment where like all of that happened all at once very quickly, thanks to social media. This turned into orders, more orders than you'd seen before? We had more orders overnight than I'd seen in four years, multiple times over, you know, um, hundreds of, hundreds of bars, you know, ordered. Um, and panic, really, because, you know, when you're, when you're working, scale can be anything, right, from 10 bars to 100 bars to 500 bars. It's, it's a whole new new level, new devil thing, right? How do I solve for this? How do I do this? How do I be efficient with this? You know, and it's like, I, I realize I'm a bit of a, like, I, I try to plan things in advance a bit too much. You know, I'm one of those people that it's a really bad trait to have, but I try to solve for things before I take steps sometimes, but I was forced to do it messy, make mistakes. And, and on top of that, we had a freak heat wave in the UK. Chocolate and heat. Not a good combo heat. for chocolate. Oh, you know what? In the worst possible way, it's not even the melting. There's a thing called bloom where chocolate can go white. If it's, right. you know what oh, I mean? Oh, I didn't know there was a name for that. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you raid bloom. the kids old Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know about this color, but it smells right. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't hurt you. If you, if you ever have white chocolate, it's cool. It's cool. But it is ugly and it's not the best texture and it looks like it's gone bad. So my first attempt, my first 60 bars bloomed, Oof. right? Yeah, because the heat just kicked in. So I had to buy an air conditioner. I had to get, then that, then there was another problem and I had to buy a dehumidifier unit. And there was another problem, another problem. Then I had to rent a machine to help me uh, temper the chocolate, which means you have to structure it. Otherwise you can't put it in molds. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a bit more complicated than that, but I had to hire a machine and that that blew the machine blew it went bang and smoking and everything so it was almost <laughs> like it was like, almost like something would cursed us or so it was really funny um 
And uh, and I didn't have many molds. You know how you have to have loads of chocolate molds? I have four molds. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, each quite mold. Quite the bottleneck. Yeah, each mold has like three bars. I could only make them 12 at a time, you know, and because the money was coming in, but I had to go out. I had to get ingredients. And, and you can't just, you know, before, you know, oh, I have one order. Oh, I need to go and get some ingredients. Okay. How much, what do I need? Oh, oh, I can take my time. You know, it was like one of those things. But now I'm like, I have to go different supermarkets now because that one doesn't have enough of this. And, you know, I need to buy in bulk from that. And I need a, a wholesale account with this person. And I need to, you know, so I had to buy more quantities of packaging I've ever bought before, you know, more than even I had orders for sometimes, you know. So I literally lost money. That's fine. You know, it's fine. So I'm I'm looking at the long road, you know, not the short road. But um, yeah, I had to <laughs> cover a lot of expenses with that. With that, um, so we're out of stock. We've been out of stock for a while now. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. It's there's a really educational experience. Um, but I say to anybody, if you're on TikTok and you're trying to um, you know, promote your brand. Yeah, just think you might go viral and it might happen to you when you don't expect it. Like, <laughs> you might not plan for it. So, yeah, it was it was a shock. It, it's really, it's a tough thing to engineer. And when it did happen, you suddenly, it validates everything you've been doing. But now you have a tiger by the tail um, in this, like, now very real business. Have you, I'm sure you've probably tried to repeat the success of going viral. Do you have advice for other folks who are hoping to see similar traction on TikTok? I I actually afraid to replicate that because I I still haven't solved yet. I'm not ready to, to you know to facilitate those orders. So I've kind of been holding back a bit on TikTok, to be really honest. I probably shouldn't do that. I probably shouldn't do that. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I suppose it depends what the call to action is, but yeah. you know, also it's frustrating for people, but if it's like, hey, we, the the free from bur- the free from chocolate bar that sold out ten times, you know, get on the wait list now. That kind of thing would have to be the call to action, and it's audience building. You're trying to get this big newsletter and capitalize on that that popularity, that success now, so that you have you own the customer when you have them in a newsletter. And now, okay, you're like, hey, we're you know we're, we're ramping things up. Our factory orders coming in and you know, now's the time to pre-order to get your bars. And we're, like, it gives you a, a more one-on-one way to communicate with them. Yes, so I'm appreciating what you're saying to me, Kurt. And uh, so I feel I feel you validated what I'm doing because I've been, what I've been saying is I'm not going to announce it on social media. I'm only going to announce it on my email list because my email list alone is going to be um, a stretch for me to fulfill on the, you know, the community in, on the email list, let alone on the you know on social media so everybody who asks i say you have to get on my list because i'm going to announce it there first but i'll say to anyone who wants to i'll tell you what i what i would advise first i would go and look at other accounts who solve for you know solve to customers in your your niche or whatever you're doing so um not just your product but your audience Right. So go to accounts who are who appeal to your audience and look at the ones that come up to the top of the search. That's what I, I started to do. And look and see 
what are they saying? What's their hook? What's their story? What's their call to action? How many, I know it's a bit OCD, forgive me, but I'm really OCD and I love to analyze things, maybe too much. So I looked and see how are they editing that video? You know, how quickly are the cut, how quick are the cuts? You know, um, I, I look for details like that. So that's what I did. I looked at ones that were doing well and I thought, why did I stop scrolling? What made me stop scrolling? What made me listen? And then you sort of get frameworks in your mind and then you can plug in your authenticity, your story, what's real to you. And you can plug that into those frameworks. And somehow it's almost like there's a kind of alchemy that happens when you, when you do that. That's what I found. Ooh, inaccurate tracking. It's a silent profit killer. Every misdirected ad campaign, every misunderstood customer behavior, it's all money down the drain. But there's a fix. Elevar. It's your comprehensive tool to track and optimize all your conversions, making sure your marketing efforts aren't wasted. With Elevar, you get server-side tracking, boosted Klaviyo flow performance, and boosted meta performance. That's better data, more accurate targeting, and ultimately, more conversions. Join the ranks of over 6,500 successful D2C brands like Glossier, Viore, and Magic Spoon. They've all turbocharged their conversion tracking with Elevar. Data-driven decision-making requires solid data and insights. Don't let your competitors get ahead because you're stuck with insufficient data. Invest in Elevar now and make every marketing dollar count. Their plans start at $0 a month, and all plans include a 15-day free trial. Go to getelevar.com to get started. E-L-E-V-A-R, Elevar. I think that that is great, straightforward advice that anybody could do if they're willing to put in the work. And I, it sounds like step one is you're going to immerse yourself in your audience's social media consumption in the same way, but through a different lens and really take notice of like the individual elements. You're like thinking about like, what's the hook? How often are they cutting? How are they cutting? What is the style here? How are they editing this? Like everything so that when you show up for that audience, it is recognizable as relevant to them. And you know, I, I think you came to that approach as just part of your personality, kind of how you approach things. You say, like, I want to be prepared. In earlier in the year, we had a, a, a professional YouTuber, full-time YouTuber, Disney Dan. And that was his approach. It was like, he needs to produce a YouTube video once a month. And it was like the first two weeks or like week is just, him spending all his time watching YouTube videos of similar topics and like noting everything down before, all right, then he makes his presentation, then they film it and then edit it. But half of it is just like research and prep, not actually producing anything. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The branding and labels, you know, you talked about that, like that retro gaming pixel look that Candy Hackers has that I dearly love. How'd you get the branding and labels? Did you design it? My kids and I <laughs> designed everything, um, and my my thirteen year old does the packaging. And incredible! Um, it's, it's, and and we we get compliments all the time on our branding, and and people other brands ask us, you know, who did your website? Who did A your packaging? Thirteen year old did this. He was twelve at the time. He just turned thirteen. He he was twelve, and he did all the packaging, like amazing. And my daughter, her artwork, we put. We put stickers, you know, vinyl stickers in our packages and her artworks on our thank you cards. Her, her, she does anime 
you know, drawings. <laughs> um, so she has her art on there. Um, so yeah, we're going to continue putting our creativity together in, in what we do. I was admiring, admiring these labels. I like oh, with a new lens, just as I discovered, <laughs> oh, uh, a child did this and it looks better than a lot of what I see from supposed professionals. This factory partnership, <laughs> what's it mean for you to be able to work with a factory? How is that going? So it's a lot of back and forth and it's also um, finding the balance because the, the late, I'll tell you the latest at where we're at now. So they've noticed that our bars are quite complex. So we have four to eight different steps in the production where they're used to working with bars that are two to three steps on their assembly line. So they're concerned at the moment, being completely honest with you, that, you know, we might be too complicated for them to make money, you know, because what, what they said, you know, what you do in a few hours, we can do in 20 minutes, <laughs> like without a blink of an eye where we can do things fast, even though they're specialized in handmade, they hand finish. So they do have some machinery involved. So we're at the, we're at that place now where we need to decide, you know, do we want to simplify what we do? What is it our, that our, our community wants? And, um, I've been looking at, you know, the feedback and a lot of our customers love you know, they love that we've put so much effort and so much detail in our bars. So we're on the fence at the moment about what we're going to do, to be honest with you. You know, we got some advice from other um, experts in the chocolate industry. Um, I've been fortunate that they've been very supportive, you know, and they said, hey, have you thought about opening your own facility? <laughs> you know, just open your own facility because then you'll have more control over your product. And, um, you can react also to your audience a lot quicker because with the factory, it will take time to, to get a new flavor out there. You know, a lot of back and forth samples and when they've got time for you as well, because remember they're doing millions of bars, <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to rule that out. I'm not going to rule that out. And that's why I'm thinking of doing maybe a, a crowdfunding um, situation with my community, you know, using crowdfunding, the crowdfunding app on Shopify, you know. So I'm thinking to use that maybe for the next run. That that would be cool. I would. <laughs> well, and if you could, you know, you when you have the the community and the audience behind you, and you can explain to them what's going on, like, hey, we can't meet demand. We have to ramp up output. We found a factory willing to work with us but they think we may have to dumb down the product a little bit for that to work. Or we could try and raise the money and we could build our own factory and we could do this ourselves. That's the authenticity, that honesty, that's the thing they can get behind. That factory, like they could just provide the output. They don't have some way to help you grow outside of that, do they? No. Okay. And I mean, you could have that like come up with a different candy bar specific for them to manufacture that you're like, all right, we have one that's mass produced and accessible. Yes. A more commercial line could do, you know, something like that. That's uh so I'm not gonna rule it out completely. So we could do something that maybe can, you know, is, is quick and we can be in stock with it. You know, it's not too complex. And we can leave some of our more um exclusive flavors maybe for our members because we want to do a monthly subscription box so it might save those exclusive bars you know 
hire some Oompa Loompas, you know, and then we can make them <laughs> in-house. That would be cool. So, yeah, we could find a middle way somehow. If you have the factory producing stuff, like you want the, sh the short-term and the long-term strategy for get cash in your pocket. The factory's there. Like, why complicate it? You know, they, they don't want to have to switch lines. Just, hey, do a run of this bar as reasonable as we can. Switch up the packaging. Give it, like, a new brand name so that it's not confused with the other stuff. Like, that's the one you could sell, and that gets cash going. Yes. And proves, like, all right, we are shipping. This is real business. And then raise the money and then try to do it in-house so you can make it the way you want it. Easier said than done. I have done none of this. I've manufactured nothing. The whole concept would overwhelm and terrify me, right? Like, it, none of this is easy. But me giving the advice, very easy. Oh, just do this. Do that. <laughs> but that's where the good idea, like you said earlier, that's where the good ideas come, you know, when you haven't got experience with something, you know, that's where you get out of the box uh, solutions. So I, I really liked what you said, honestly. So Okay, good. So it's good advice. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you. And so you've got like right now I can go on candyhackers.com. This is Shopify store. Looks great. You and your kids did this? You set this up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you end up choosing Shopify out of curiosity? I noticed that um, I did my research, you know, and as there are others, you know, maybe even cheaper ones that you can go with, you know, when you're starting off. But I like, I love the, because um, I'm thinking marketing as well, because, you know, businesses are also marketing goes together, right? And I love marketing. Um, and I think that there are lots of apps, you know, and ways you can um, really make your customer experience um, what you want it to be you know, using those, those, the, the marketplace and things like that. So, um, Shopify was, uh, was a good choice, you know, cause you could re I mean, look at the crowdfunding app. <laughs> yeah. So we could use that. Like you can't really do that. On the, well, I don't know. I, I think the end result speaks for itself. What are your favorite flavors? What's it like, what's your favorite bar or your kid's favorite bars here? We love uh, pretzel perfect because that was definitely one that was uh, that used to trigger the tears in the supermarket. Not being able to have it because they had gluten pretzels. Even the vegan ones had gluten pretzels. So this is this one tastes amazing. But Cookie Megabytes is our biggest seller by far. Like we do double Cookie Megabytes in any other bar on the store. So with the gold dust because we put like edible gold dust on it and make it a little bit glittery <laughs> so they, Whoa. they they love they love that and and popping orange is awesome as well with the popping candy and the organic orange oils in it it's just so it's a really cool bar it's also really pretty <laughs> thank you natural colors we use natural colors as well oh really so, they're so vibrant yeah because my kids used to have problems with um when they were little with hyperactivity with all the artificial flavor uh, colors and stuff like that so they we use natural colors on those Okay, where can people go to learn more about you? So candyhackers.com is our website and we have a waitlist at, I think it's candyhackers.link slash waitlist, I believe. <laughs> I, I will, I'll put that stuff in the, in the show notes uh, for folks. I'll link to, to all of this. And I think I have a link to your, that TikTok, the viral post. So I'll put that in there as well. If people want to see it, just tap or swipe up on the show art on your phone. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. I mean, thank you for, you reached out to me and you, you shared your story and you were just looking for advice. And I said, like, I, I want to hear more. And I'm glad I did. Thank you. Thanks for your advice as well. I really appreciate it. Well, I hope it helps. Uh, Adama Nessel, Candy Hackers, candyhackers.com. Check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. You want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.